Section zero of Quit Your Worrying. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gillian Hendry. Quit Your Worrying by George Wharton James. To those who are standing on the banks of worry before the ocean of God's love, I cry aloud, Come on in, the water's fine. Poem Just Be Glad by James Whitcomb Riley. O oh, heart of mine, we shouldn't worry so. What we have missed of calm, we couldn't have, you know. What we've met of stormy pain and of sorrow's driving rain, we can better meet again if it blow. We have erred in that dark hour, we have known, when the tear fell with the shower all alone. Were not shine and shower blent as the gracious master meant? Let us temper our content with his own. For we know not every morrow can be sad, so forgetting all the sorrow we have had, let us fold away our fears and put by our foolish tears, and through all the coming years just be glad. Forward Between twenty and thirty years ago, I became involved in a series of occurrences and conditions of so painful and distressing a character that for over six months I was unable to sleep more than one or two hours out of the twenty-four. In common parlance, I was worrying myself to death, when mercifully a total collapse of mind and body came. My physicians used the polite euphemism of cerebral congestion to describe my state, which in reality was one of temporary insanity and it seemed almost hopeless that I should ever recover my health and poise. For several months I hovered between life and death, and my brain between reason and unreason. In due time, however, both health and mental poise came back in reasonable measure, and I asked myself what would be the result if I returned to the condition of worry that culminated in the disaster. This question, and my endeavours at its solution, led to the gaining of a degree of philosophy which materially changed my attitude toward life. Though some of the chief causes of my past worry were removed, there were still enough adverse and untoward circumstances surrounding me to give me cause for worry, if I allowed myself to yield to it. So I concluded that my mind must positively and absolutely be prohibited from dwelling upon those things that seemed justification for worry, and I determined to set before me the ideal of a life without worry. How was it to be brought about? At every fresh attack of the harassing demon, I rebuked myself with the stern command, Quit your worrying. Little by little, I succeeded in obeying my own orders. A measurable degree of serenity has since blessed my life. It has been no freer than other men's lives from the ordinary and a few extraordinary causes of worry. But I have learned the lesson. I have quit worrying. To help others to attain the same desirable and happy condition has been my aim in these pages. It was with set purpose that I chose this title. I might have selected Don't Worry. But I knew that would fail to convey my principal thought to the casual observer of the title. People will worry. They do worry. What they want to know and need to learn 
is how to quit worrying. This I have attempted herein to show, with the full knowledge, however, that no one person's recipe can infallibly be used by any other person, so that, in reality, all I have tried to do is to set forth the means I have followed to teach myself the delightful lesson of serenity, of freedom from worry, and thereby to suggest to receptive minds a way by which they may possibly attain the same desirable end. It was the learned and wise Dr. Johnson who wrote, quote, he may be justly numbered among the benefactors of mankind who contract the great rules of life into short sentences that may easily be impressed on the memory and taught by frequent recollection to recur habitually to the mind. End quote. I have no desire to claim as original the title used for these observations, but I do covet the joy of knowing that I have so impressed it upon the memory of thousands that by its constant recurrence it will aid in banishing the monster worry. It is almost unavoidable that in a practical treatise of this nature there should be some repetition, both in description of worries and the remedies suggested. To the critical reader, however, let me say, do not worry about this, for I am far more concerned to get my thought into the heads and hearts of my readers than I am to be esteemed a great writer. Let me help but one troubled soul to quit worrying, and I will forgo all the honours of the ages that might have come to me had I been an essayist of power. And I have repeated purposely, for I know that some thoughts have to knock again and again ere they are admitted to the places where they are the most needed. I have written strongly, perhaps some will think too strongly, these, however, must remember that I have written advisedly. I have been considering the subject for half or three parts of a lifetime. I have studied men and women, carefully watched their lives, talked with them, and seen the lines worry has engraved on their faces. I have seen and felt the misery caused by their unnecessary worries. I have sat by the bedsides of people made chronic invalids by worry and I have stood in the cells of maniacs driven insane by worry. Hence, I hate it in all its forms, and have expressed myself only as the facts have justified. Wherein I have sought to show how one might quit his worrying, these pages presuppose an earnest desire, a sincere purpose, on the part of the reader to attain that desirable end. There is no universal medicine which one can drink in six doses and thus be cured of his disease. I do not offer my book as a mental cure-all or nostrum that, if swallowed whole, will cure in five days or ten. As I have tried to show, I conceive worry to be unnatural and totally unnecessary because of its practical denial of what ought to be and I believe may be the fundamental basis of a man's life namely, his perfect abiding assurance in the fatherly love of God. As little Pippa sang, God's in his heaven, all's right with the world. The only way, therefore, to lose our sense of worry is to get back to naturalness, to God, and learn the peace, joy, happiness, serenity that come with practical trust in him. With some people this change may come instantly with others more slowly. Personally, I have had to learn slowly, 
line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And I would caution my readers not to expect too much all at once. But I am fully convinced that as faith, trust, and naturalness grow, worry will cease, will slough off like the dead skin of the serpent, and leave those once bound by it free from its malign influence. Who cannot see and feel that such a consummation is devoutly to be wished, worth working and earnestly striving for? If I help a few, I shall be more than repaid. If many, my heart will rejoice. Signed, George Wharton James, Pasadena, California, February 1916. End of section zero.